pretty bad. Right after we discussed how bad it. Yeah. Well, I'm in like podcast what jail. The loudest and the quietest. I ate oatmeal on the podcast, which even as a joke oh. is very unforgivable. <laughs> oatmeal is the absolutely sonically worst food on planet. Earth. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I'm in pot. And Danielle was just discussing how. Uh, well, she actually posted, she put us on, well, I don't know about you, but she put a lot of us on public blast, a lot of the Stick Poke Prod Network on public <laughs> blast on her well-followed Instagram for uh, eating on the podcast no. for audio crimes. <laughs> she put us all in podcast jail for audio crimes. And if she wants to put me in jail, I'll go. Would you okay. not? <laughs> anyway. I might resist arrest. <laughs> Fair. Fair. I was going to say you'd be welcome to try, but you, I mean, you are, your body is a weapon. So <laughs> you could kick just about anybody's ass. I uh, think I have a lot more mass than Danielle as well. That's probably true. I mean, she's, yeah, she's strong, but you're like, you, I mean, you're a multi degree black belt. You've been <laughs> studying a martial art for years of your adult life. Yes, it's true. Um, welcome back. Well, welcome. welcome back to No Exit. Hi, welcome to No Exit. It's back since the last time you listened to an episode, but New Exit with new and improved, better audio. Did you say New Exit? New Exit. I didn't new mean exit. to. This is New Exit. <laughs> this is our our it's our the sequel to No Exit, where we talk about we review New Order albums. That would be pretty fucking sweet. <laughs> That'd be sick. <laughs> what if we just had a, a podcast where we just, it was like a 10 minute podcast and we just got, or half hour, or whatever, and we just got to like super blazed and listened to New Order albums and tried to talk about them in an intelligent <laughs> way. It could be called like, we would come up with some clever pun, but the conceit would be like stoned goths. We could do it with any goths albums, mm -hmm. like really stoned goths, try like, to describe. Describe classic goth yeah. and post-punk albums. They're pretty silly to describe. I mean, they're they're amazing and perfect and beautiful and, and incredible art, but they're mm -hmm. also pretty pretty silly to describe on the surface anyway. Mm -hmm. So high, I can only imagine. I think that we should have a spinoff podcast where we get extremely high and recite Morrissey lyrics. <laughs> yeah, that would be really good. We could also read excerpts from List of the Lost. Oh, yeah. I don't know about that. That's like pushing. Uh, I th If it's in the article, it's public. I think it's public use. It's in a yeah. there. All these quotes are in a. No, that's not what I mean. I mean, as far as like pushing the limits of like good List. taste. Oh, <laughs> like listenability, <laughs> yeah, like good exactly. audio content. Mm -hmm. That's fair. Um, I've never claimed to have good taste, though. Um, we have good mics, the best mics now. Not the best, best, but like no, Aaron, we, Aaron left his mics here on purpose. He he bequeathed uh, the the stick poke prod mics onto our home, uh, mine and Kai's home, and so now we are recording with very nice, very uh, directional microphones. Yeah, we're recording with microphones that are not USB mics, so they actually have a better signal to noise ratio. Yes, they so go through a, a fancy interface. Not so much hiss and everything. Because the last episode was so noisy. Was it? It was really noisy. Whoops. Yeah. Hi, welcome to No Exit with Better Mics. Hi, welcome We're to No Still Exit. continuing to welcome you to No continuing Exit with to Better you. Mics. It's a kind of a continuing, a continuous welcoming process. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. I'm your host, Wendy Warzone. I'm your host, Hannah Hill. And my pronouns are she, her, hers. My pronouns are also she, her, hers. And we, this is a podcast where we uh, make jokes about horror movies. It's sure. a comedy mm -hmm. horror podcast. Sure is. Um, Hannah, do you have any intro segments that you want to, anything you want to talk about before we start? Not especially. Yeah, me neither. I'm so fucking tired. <laughs> I've spent all day, not like too tired to talk, like I'm kind of like giddy tired. 
Um, but I have spent all day, like since like 10 a.m. Uh, and it's currently like 6 30 uh cleaning and rearranging the furniture in my house with Kai. And it is it is anybody who's ever moved ever in their life can tell you it is a fucking exhausting process. Um and our house is like an ongoing project because we've lived here. We'll be we've we're completing our third year in this house and that's the longest I've lived anywhere since like I moved out of my parents' house. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, the the place my last place where I lived for four years was so dirty. It was it was oh my god parts of that place are pretty gnarly yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean yeah we moved yeah. there was stuff we moved today because it's the, some of the shelves we moved, like that bookshelf you helped me get up the stairs we haven't moved since we moved in mm-hmm. so it was a little bit rough behind uh-huh behind oh yeah some of the, but the, under this couch funny action because we're i'm disgusting we kind of eat our, all our meals in the living room and mm-hmm. i'm a messy eater anyway and when i'm high i'm just like a, a gluttonous child there's just crumbs everywhere so they un- what i'm saying is underneath this couch w- that i'm sitting on was pretty rough because this is where i always sit <laughs> and it was just like a, a like a cat hair and oh my gosh food remnants mm-hmm. mm. yeah i'm also a messy eater yeah i'm an extremely messy eater uh do you have any intro segments wendy um i do i wanted to introduce an intro segment uh called wendy's new hobbies i love um, this and my new hobby um Stir, uh, it stirs from one of my, or springs from one of my pet peeves, which is when um, you're on like an off ramp or something, or you're waiting at a red light, and the person behind you insistently honks at you as if just because they're impatient. Right. And there's, um, they, everyone in the yes. situation knows that honking will not change this. Yes. Yeah. So I was even, and I wasn't even the person who was being, who was taking a long time to merge. Um, but the woman behind me, um, on this off ramp, um, at 36 and Wadsworth with like, was just insistently honking her horn over and over again. And a thought occurred to me that wouldn't it be funny if I pretended to stall my car? (laughs) (laughs) I did not do. I just played this scenario out in my mind where I cut my engine, (laughs) put on the parking brake start my hazard lights all in a very leisurely pace right right um and and then get out convincingly panicked get out of the car and kind of mosey over and pop the hood and just stand there with my hands on my hips maybe like a good minute and then get and then go into the and then get back in the car and come out with like a comically large toolbox yeah and maybe like when you open the hood maybe like have like vape a little bit like have somebody standing there like maybe have somebody vape through the air conditioning in the inside or through the heating vents and so oh, smoke really blows funny. out of your engine that would be really really funny like an avatar when they yeah. do the earth bending via uh, air yeah, bending. The, the fake earth bending mm-hmm. yeah um so my new hobby is when people are obnoxiously impatient um is to um park my car in <laughs> front of them <laughs> Yeah, and act out a skit, which for again their benefit is so good because you can do that because you are you could kick anybody's ass if they tried mm-hmm. to fuck with you because I would be scared to do that because road rage is very scared like people people mm-hmm. go buck wild when they have road rage mm-hmm. but you have a uh, you're a multi degree black belt in a martial <laughs> art so you're you're Gucci <laughs> yeah so that's that is the new hobby that I it's plan on starting it's a great hobby I like that hobby yeah. Which is, um, yeah, just when people are dicks, punish them for it a little bit. Correct. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do. I mean, if somebody's like, like tailgating me, uh, 
if I'm driving somebody else's car and somebody's tailgating me, I do. I don't have a car to clarify for the audience. I don't. It's not just something I only do in other people's cars. I do not have one of my own. Um, if somebody's tailgating me, I will purposely drive much slower than I otherwise would. The other day, I was just, I was doing that, and somebody was like super impatient was behind me, and they zoomed out to like merge in front of somebody else, mm-hmm. and the person they merged uh, in front of immediately slowed way down. Like they did the exact <laughs> same thing. It was so fucking funny. That is really funny. Uh, it was good. Um, um, I don't have anything yeah. particularly spooky to share. Nothing spooky. Not really. I don't really have anything particularly spooky either. I feel like I've watched um, some horror, but I can't think off the top of my head what it was. I've been watching a lot of RuPaul's Drag Race cool. is the main thing that I've been watching. Cool. Oh, also, fun fact, um, I I recently learned that RuPaul is RuPaul's real legal name. I know, which is wild. their mother gave them. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. So, yeah. What are we going to um, watch so, today, Wendy? Uh, let's start <laughs> talking about this movie. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Um, I've been, uh, telling Hannah repeatedly how excited I am, um, for this film. Yeah. I'm, I'm um, so it was one that I was just really excited to see on streaming cause I'd been looking for it for a while. Um, this movie came out in 1992. It's called Candyman and it stars Tony Todd and Virginia Madsen. Um, do you know anything about this movie, Hannah? No. Can I guess what it's about? Yeah, please. Uh, Guy murders children with, and he lures them with candy. That's my guess. Okay, that's not correct. Great. Um, <laughs> I'm glad it's not about that. So, does the, a guy murder kids? Does it do any children get murdered in this film? Uh, not in the film. Great. Okay. Um, but Carry there on. are references to child murder. Oh, that's fine. I mean, I don't really care either way. I don't really have mm-hmm. a, a particular feeling one way or the other about child <laughs> murder on screen. I don't like children. So um, this is a Clive Barker adaptation. Okay. Um, so it's, it'll be our second Clive Barker. Um, the first being Hellraiser. Six. So um, it's going to be weird as fuck. Yeah. Um, and this was based on a short story called The Forbidden. Um, and it was regionalized. Um, the original story was set in Britain. but And the uh, director is, uh, is British also, whose name I don't have written down um, for the intro. But he was in Chicago and decided to regionalize it to the U.S. on purpose um, and set and set it in um, a housing project called Cabrini Green. Interesting. And Americanized the story. Um, so the IMDb summary for this says the Candyman, a murderous soul with a hook for a hand, is okay. accidentally summoned to reality by a skeptic grad student researching the monster's myth. Cool. <laughs> cool. That sounds tight as hell. Let's yeah, go. I'm super stoked for this movie. So we I'm are going to go watch Cook and Eat Broccoli Candyman. I'm so hungry. <laughs> and we're going to go watch Candyman and eat some pasta. And we'll be back after the movie. After the movie. Bye. Bye. Well, as long as you're not self-conscious about the hiccups. Oh, I am, but oh, okay. well, we can do it anyway. Okay, great. It's good to to face your fears sometimes. <laughs> I will say I've yet to hear you hiccup since you said you have the hiccups.
well, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. So it did, it sort of doesn't maybe seem like you have the hiccups mm-hmm. because it doesn't seem like you've hiccuped. Perhaps not. Yeah. Perhaps you just had a hiccup. Maybe. I we'll mean, see. knock on wood. Uh, we'll see, I guess. <laughs> anyway, it sounds like we're back. We're so back. It's, we are back. It's definitely not been two calendar weeks, but and <laughs> but we are back. It's definitely been a reasonable um, amount of time. Uh, Since we watched the movie Candyman. I had a good excuse. I had to go to San Francisco for my grandmother's funeral, and that was kind of uh, all consuming, Mm -hmm. uh, sort of leading up to it and then during. And so that's my excuse. Gotcha. Which is, in fairness, spooky. It's spooky to scatter ashes in a cemetery. And then uh, my little cousin, who's 10, uh, got some ash, like some ashes were still in her hand after she scattered them. And she, like, looked at me she's super strange she like looked me in the eyes and started raising her hand toward her mouth with her tongue out and i looked her in the eyes and i said do it (laughs) she didn't i called her bluff oh man it's like do it (laughs) eat nana absorb her power (laughs) so anyway anyway we're um, back we watched the movie Candyman and hauled ass it was so good yeah so hannah you said that this was maybe the favorite, your favorite of all the movies we've watched. I think so. I think so. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, yeah, I just really loved it. Like I loved like everything about it. Like, like the only shitty characters were the white people who presumably were like, like just terrible on purpose, which Mm -hmm. I think was very effective. Like Trevor sucked so much shit. He's the fucking worst. The main character's husband is. Yeah. The main character's husband who cheated on her with like a 19 year old. Yeah. uh, And then left her. Anyway, we'll get there. We'll get to all that. Anyway, it's a, it's a buck wild good movie. It felt like the tension was like, here the whole almost the whole time for reference hannah's here is um hannah's hand next to her cheekbone yes yeah 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 uh and so when it it got when it got like super it wasn't it was scary obviously but when it got uh, like upsetting or like super hyper tense Uh it it was so so tense and so those Mm -hmm. brief moments of catharsis were like Mm -hmm. it still brought it back down to like here Mm -hmm. but it was so relieving in comparison (laughs) like Uh uh, it was like it's just so much better than being like tension like at a 10 it's like tension back down to like a seven and a half yeah it's like such a relief yeah totally even though ooh, excuse me sorry clips the mic a little bit uh even though normally seven and a half would be like upsetting right, right. uh yeah um yeah it was really great i loved it i really loved it cool i'm glad yeah um did you have any other um immediate takeaways that you want to wanted to talk about um it was very exciting it makes me really exciting and not to like uh 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 homogenize like black horror but as this is the first black horror film we've watched um it just it was very it makes me excited to like watch the jordan peele movies and all that mm-hmm. that business yes and uh jordan jordan peele and i can't remember if i said this in the intro um that there is a uh, reboot of the Candyman series coming out this summer, and it's uh, produced, not directed, but produced by Jordan mm-hmm. Peele. Yeah. And we've seen the trailer for it, and it looks really awesome. I'm super excited for it. It does. It looks super fucking good. Um, yeah, my my immediate takeaway was just that it, it was so scary in a way that it 
it was just so effective. It was like really effective, like theater of cruelty mm-hmm. where it was just like completely upsetting, but not just for the sake of being upsetting. Right. And yeah, it, it's like everything is so visceral and has so much meaning and mm-hmm. weight to it. Totally. Everything, yeah. Everything that happens in this movie matters. Yeah, completely. Like, yeah, like every, every, yeah, every single like minute thing happens that happens matters. And like, yeah, like nothing, none of the violence is like on accident. Mm-hmm. And it is cool and good and campy and way like the Candyman when he when the Candyman himself actually kills, it's like way fucking over the top. Uh-huh. But it's like like all the murders that Helen is framed for, like the ones you only see in the aftermath, are mm-hmm. so brutal and so horrifying uh-huh. that instead of it, it does it so well, it plays with tone so well because it it very purposely doesn't show you the stuff that like like they don't show you they don't show the dog's head getting cut off spoiler right. alert yeah. the dog dies in this yes. one um but it um, feels which is information that you could also find out on the website does say, the, does do- the dog, dog die die dot com. Com. <laughs> we should yeah i mean it, it kind of goes without saying but uh i if there's an animal in any so normally if there's an animal in any of these movies i immediately like pause it and go does the dog die but like i just I didn't in this one, but it wasn't like, like it was disgusting and it was visceral, but yeah, they purposely didn't show you like something as upsetting mm-hmm. as like a dog getting its head cut off. Mm-hmm. They only showed you like the aftermath. They showed you the, uh-huh. the, the consequences of that brutality, not the brutality itself. Mm-hmm. And I think that was really, really brilliant. Yeah. Um, I just watched a Polygon video with Kai yesterday, actually about how Doom is super effective slapstick comedy because it like the new Doom games. Um, it's really good. I, f- I forget what it's called, but if you just Google Polygon Doom Slapstick, uh, it's Patrick Gill talking about how uh, if it goes way too far, the, uh, like games like The Last of Us, like show you the cruelty of the brutality. They mm-hmm. show you this really realistic like suffering, whereas like Doom just has like way over the top gratuitous gore, but doesn't show you anything that would be like genuinely upsetting, partially uh-huh. because these are like the characters you're fighting are all monstrosities in this hell world. Uh-huh. Um, so anyway, it was it. it Sort of, we've talked a little bit before about the relation, how I think like horror and comedy, good horror and good comedy are almost the same thing. Mm -hmm. Um, They are actually the same thing. I think they're like two sides of the same coin to me. Um, I don't know if they're the exact same thing. We've had this conversation. (laughs) I've said you might be talking about. You might may have had this conversation with somebody else. Maybe, maybe we had it on If It's Gay Play. I could have maybe. sworn that you and I have talked about this a tiny it could, bit. It could be that we did, and I just have no maybe, memory of that. Yeah, it's maybe also we just possible. maybe we just talked about it in real life. Maybe yeah, we didn't maybe. talk about it on the podcast. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. If you remember whether or not we've had this conversation on our podcast before, or if you've heard it on If It's Gay We Play. Email us. Let us know. No exit podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> Be our memory because our ours don't work too yeah, good. Yeah, especially mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, I just think it's it's obviously do it's doing a different thing. It's doing like the opposite thing of doom instead mm-hmm. of being slapstick. It's being you know horrific horrific social commentary. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it employs a similar technique mm-hmm. to me. Um, gotcha. Yeah, those are my immediate takeaways. Okay. Cool. Well, I'd like to start with um, a segment I'd like to call a musical interlude. Okay. Because um, um, I want to talk about the score to this movie, yeah, which is okay. really striking and very iconic. Um, so this score is written by Philip Glass, who oh, is a yeah. very um, who um, is very well known uh, modern and um, minimalist composer. He also wrote, I think, 
the uh, Dracula print we watched had a Philip Glass score. Oh, I think you're right. I think, yeah. I think that was also Philip Glass. Um, and that was just by chance that that was the print of Dracula, the Dracula that we saw was mm-hmm. the one with the Philip Glass score instead of the original. Um, so Glass did not like the finished film Candyman. Interesting. Um, and he kind of felt like he'd been tricked. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't realize that it was going to be a straight up horror movie. He expected a more like like ultra highbrow, like artistic, like Silence of the Lambs type mm-hmm. horror movie, which also mm-hmm. if you don't think Silence of the Lambs is a horror movie, you're wrong. Yeah, that's I haven't even seen it, but yeah, I know that it's a horror movie incorrect. It's a slasher movie. Yeah. Okay. Um anyway, but so over time, um Philip Glass's opinion of this movie has softened a lot because people loved this soundtrack so much and people love this movie so much. He says he still gets royalty checks. Wow. For the soundtrack for Candyman. Wow. That's wild. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's get into, should we just get into uh, our little summary of the movie? Yeah. And some trivia? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. So the 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 movie opens with these two grad students who, name, who, are, whose name, who are named, whose names are, I can't decide what I want to say. <laughs> There's two people There's and they have people. names one and those names. Name. Are... The other person also has a name. And one of one those of names, names is... is Helen Lyle. Yeah. She's our protagonist. She's a white lady. Um, her best friend, Bernadette, is black. Uh-huh. Um, and they are both graduate students and they're doing their thesis. It's not clear what they're studying, but they're doing a thesis on urban legends. So I just looked at Wikipedia and uh-huh. the Wikipedia says they are semiotics grad students, <laughs> which is okay. never stated in the film as far okay. as I'm aware. <laughs> also, right. is that a real th- grad program? Is that a major? Can you get a can you get a master's degree in semiotics? Let's look it up. Oh no, we can't. We Fuck. Can't. If, if you, you know have a graduate <laughs> degree in semiotics. If you know if there's us. if there is a program in the United States that study that there is a graduate program in semiotics, uh let us know. Cuz also, honestly, that sounds dope. Um if you do it in a less white saviory way. Maybe we should get Master's degrees in semiotics. Maybe we'll build our own program at like the new school or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so the movie opens these two grad students. They're researching urban legends um, for their thesis. Um, and one of them ends up, you know, it, she's uh, Helen is typing up something she's reading from or sorry, she is playing back tape that she's recorded Um and uh, there's a, and she's at the university, and there's a janitor there, and the janitor says, "Oh, you know, is that the Candyman story? You know that he killed somebody over in Cabrini Green, and my fr- my friend lives there. She knows all about it." And so she brings the friend in, who's also a janitor, mm-hmm. um, and they tell um, they tell Helen all about the story of this woman named Ruthie Jean who was brutally murdered with a hook. In Cabrini Green. And Cabrini Green was a real housing project in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, and so from that point, Helen decides, okay, like we have to go to Cabrini yeah, Green Cabrini to investigate Green. this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she becomes, they go and she, she I forget it's, if it's actually before, it might even be before she goes, she becomes like very quickly convinced that like this, uh, this is like a black urban, like urban legend to like mm-hmm. explain the violence of like living mm-hmm. in yeah. this she, housing she project. Essentially. Her theory is that people are, u- people use urban legends to cope with terrible things that happen. Yeah. And so her theory um, as a white woman is that the, you know, predominantly black residents of this housing project are using this urban legend to like um 
soothe their fears of like gang right. violence or to like yeah or to like the terrible living conditions yeah somehow dissociate from the the terrible like living mm-hmm. condition like the terrible reality of like this woman was murdered or whatever mm-hmm. yeah she goes into it it is i said white saviory and she is this very like white yeah. savior character yeah, like this she's is a movie in which a white lady messes with things that don't concern her and suffers the goddamn consequences. Right. She saw, she and m- many people around her, mostly black people, suffer enormous consequences mm-hmm. for her white savior for her, meddling. Yeah, for, for her getting involved in things that don't concern her. Right, exactly. Yeah, her white her, savior meddling. For her desire to write and learn about something that doesn't belong to her. Yes. Uh, and without, I mean, she has this like... Uh, this sort of token black friend is how their mm-hmm. relationship sort of s- starts out. It's sort of this, like it turns this uh, like dynamic that I think is in a lot of mainstream movies where there is like a token black friend or whatever, mm-hmm. kind of on its head a little bit. And as they're going to the housing project, uh, Bernadette, who's the, uh, the black friend, um, is like we they're like dressed all nice and she's like we look like cops mm-hmm. and like Helen like won't listen to her she's like it's fine we're researchers we're from the university and Bernadette's trying to tell her like like gang members don't care like these people don't right. like you, you yeah she said what are you gonna do give them your card right like they don't they're not gonna Which believe then you Helen does she does she do that her card to someone yeah 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 because she's like she just like won't listen she's very, she's very very naive yeah she basically believes that as long as they're not like hurting anyone nothing bad can happen right. to them but she is not listening to a person of color actively mm-hmm. telling her that's not the case and mm-hmm. that this is not her space and she like shouldn't right. be walking in here dressed also, like this i think it's important to note that the cabrini green is not bernadette's space either no bernadette completely is, yeah is um a black woman from a totally different social class uh-huh, completely yeah um yeah you know we, you know, which you might gather from the fact that she's a grad student. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Studying semiotics. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, something that is, yeah, not a necessarily lucrative career. Right. Um, yeah. So they're both kind of invading this space. And one of them, they like yeah. Bernadette does it anyway, but she, she's the one who's like, we shouldn't go in here. She's like, yeah, we, this is none of our business. Yeah. We don't need to do that. She serves the role of the person like, in the horror movie saying, don't go in there. For our thesis yeah totally but they go and she's like uh helen's like messing around and they go in and the uh there's a bunch of dudes out front who think they're cops mm-hmm. and like pursue them uh-huh. um and then they get in and helen just starts like poking around this abandoned apartment that mm-hmm. like isn't fucking yeah. hers and so isn't she, any of her business she starts poking around the apartment where a woman was murdered yeah which has fallen into terrible disrepair yeah and um she finds that uh, well, one of the reasons she wants to investigate is that she discovers that there is no barrier between the apartments in the bathroom, that the medicine cabinets are just back to back and you could just literally climb through yeah. into somebody else's apartment. So she does that. She takes the um, she goes through the medicine cabinet in the murdered woman's uh, bathroom. And she ends up in this completely, um, in this completely decaying, like, empty space. This other apartment that's just completely, like, the ceiling is falling in. Yeah. And there's graffiti and there's candy with um, razor blades in it and this huge um, uh, portrait of Candyman. 
And so, and uh, she's going in there and she's taking pictures and Bernadette's just like, oh, we're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to get yeah. killed. Yeah. Burn, yeah. She's Burn- just sitting there. She's sitting on the, on the tub in the other apartment, smoking a cigarette, being like, Helen, get the fuck out of here. Right. Um, yeah. It's all this. It's just, it's complete. You watch this woman just completely stumble in as white people often do in horror mm-hmm. movies, like completely stumble into this place. Keep and just continue like, it's not so much that she's naive. I think it's that she thinks she knows better. She thinks yes. that she's untouchable and invincible because she's this like well-to-do academic white lady. Mm-hmm. And so she thinks she has a right to go in and do whatever she wants. And that's true of a lot of um, uh, research. Obviously there's the whole thing of like uh, mission trips and like mm-hmm. volunteerism yeah. and all that business. Yeah, um, she has, she has no awareness that her behavior is a problem. Right. Uh, yeah, so she and she has this very like academic, un- sort of unethical white researcher vibe of like b- she's basically treating these people as subjects and not mm-hmm. people. Like she's uh-huh. treating their, their, this place, uh, this like, like you said, like an apart, like someone's home where they were murdered, mm-hmm. um, that hasn't been touched as though it is, it is. And there's a reason that no one's gone in and touched it as though she alone is the person. It's like, it's fine because she can do whatever she wants. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, she can just walk. The, uh, there's a woman, there's a neighbor. Or that's, I guess that's next when they meet mm-hmm. the neighbor. Yeah. So she comes, so she comes back out. Um, they, they meet the neighbor who's initially very hostile, understandably, and then ends up talking to them. And the neighbor, she's a, you know, a young woman, probably like in her mid twenties with a little baby. Um, and she tells them the story that she heard this woman, Ruthie Jean, get murdered. And um, they talk with her a little bit. I can't, why, why can't I remember her name? Anne Marie? I think that, that sounds correct. Anne yeah. Marie McCoy? Yeah. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and I lost my train of thought. <laughs> what happens next, Hannah? <laughs> so they're in the apartment and they're talking uh-huh. to Anne Marie. Um, there's not, this one is like, I have f- fewer jokes about this movie because it was just so goddamn good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is so, it, among uh, many other things, it's about putting like meddling academic white people in their place, uh-huh. um, which is something I think about a lot as an academic white person. Mm-hmm. Um, of like, yeah, like what what are the bounds of like, where does anthropology cross the line into right like disturbing the other people's like peace mm-hmm. and business? Yeah. Like, oh, my goodness. Sorry. I was just trying to adjust the way I was sitting and it turned into a whole production. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're talking, they, yeah, they talk to her and she kind of, she does have this, like the way that she gets into this Anne Marie person's apartment is basically by bullying her way inside. Mm-hmm. Like Anne Marie tells them, like originally when they knock or whatever, Anne Marie, like she doesn't want to like answer. She doesn't want uh-huh. to talk to them. She doesn't want to talk to them. Yeah. She, yeah. she doesn't want to mess. She, she kind of comes around with her dog to see like, what the fuck are these people doing in the apartment next to mine? Yeah. Um, and they kind of talk with her and, um, she talks a little bit about the Candyman myth and then, uh, Helen and Bernadette leave. Yeah. Um, and then I think it's the, is it that it's maybe the next day that Helen goes back? Yeah. Ellen, Helen goes back by herself cause she's a complete and total yeah. dumbass. So, yeah. So Helen in like goes during back the daytime by herself to try to talk to Anne Marie. Um, she meets this kid named Jake. Who's the best. Um, who's the, oh my God. <laughs> Jake rules. He's Jake's so the best. Good. This little kid, he's, I don't know, maybe eight, would you say? Maybe 10. Maybe, okay. Yeah, it's hard to, it's hard, I don't know anything about child development, so I don't know I sp- I've just children. spent a lot of- little, you know, elementary yeah. school age kid. Yeah, yeah. Very, you know, streetwise. Um, 
<laughs> he's a little scamp. Him. He's a little scamp. He is. He's he's so cute. And the kid um, who played Jake, um, his name was Dewan Guy, and he was so good in this movie. They nicknamed him One Take Jake. Yeah, because he was just the best. He, he was, was like just such a acting good circles around yeah. all the adults around him. <laughs> um, yeah, he's great, and he he basically like tells her that she shouldn't be here and like uh-huh. shouldn't be like narking basically. Yeah. And uh, then eventually and then she, she and she's like, "Oh, it's okay to talk to me." And he's she, like, yeah. "Whatever." She lady. puts this child in danger in order to manipulate him into like narking to like give her mm-hmm. more information. Um so he leads her to this disused bathroom where um supposedly a child was castrated by the Candyman. Um, and she goes in and it's disgusting and she finds, finds a toilet full of bees among other things. Mm-hmm. And then, just, nor- um, just normal, you know, just normal stuff. Yeah, just, just normal, casual bathroom bees. Your, your, um, your average toilet full of bees. Yeah. Um, casual, ac- casual bathroom bees. Yeah. Um, and then while she's in there, of course, a gang comes in and she's trying to talk her way out. And right. the leader of the gang is like, oh, you were looking, I heard you're looking for Candyman. Well, you found, you like, you fucking found him. Yeah. And he smacks her upside the head with a hook, knocks her unconscious. Jake, the little kid Jake, like saves her life by going to the cops, which he probably did not want to do. Yeah. Um, and so then she files a police report. She picks the guy who called himself Candyman out of a lineup. She feels like, you know, hands washed of this. Yeah. She's again, she assumes she's solved it because she refuses to take this, like this thing that everyone around her is telling is telling her is extremely real. Seriously. She's a, she's very attached to her skepticism. Yeah. She's well, she's not just attached to her skepticism, not just attached to her skepticism. She's absolutely certain in her, Mm -hmm. her correctness. Like Uh she is absolutely certain that all these black people are making this shit up and that this thing can't possibly exist. Oh, completely. While she's in the police station talking to Jake, she, he says, like Candyman's going to get me now. And she says, Candyman's not real. And he's like, oh man, like Candyman ain't real. Yeah. And is all bumming out about it. So then cut to the next day or a couple of days later, um, you know, she's been recovering from ha- gotten whacked in the eye with a hook, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, whacked upside the head with a hook. I think, I mean, she was pretty beat up. So I think the implication is maybe she was all, like, maybe she also was like otherwise assaulted or got the shit yeah. kicked out of her or something. Yeah, po- very possibly. The yeah. only wound you see is she's got a big ass bruise on, like a big she's fucking a, black eye. Yeah. She's a drag. I guess that's true. She has a gigantic black eye and yeah. probably had like a severe concussion. Yeah. Probably had a, um, cause that's probably like a heavy iron, like, Oh yeah, meat hook. Yeah, that she Dude, was like full force smacked, smacked in right the head. In the yeah, the, yeah, right by the table. right in the side of the t- in the the like kill spot. Mm-hmm. Um, but she survives. Yeah, she unfortunately. survives. She's, fine. she's yeah. the worst. She's fine. Um, so she, um, she's at the university. She, uh, Bernadette gives her her film from the camera, which also the gangs the gang like pulled the film out of her camera. Yeah, like, exposed all her film. And uh, Bernadette has managed to salvage some of the pictures. Um, and then Helen is walking to her car. Oh, this is also, it's important to say. So we, this is importantly, this is hugely important to what happens next. So the myth of the Candyman is that you have to say his name five times in the mirror and he mm-hmm. appears. And because yes. Helen doesn't take this shit serious. So, oh, the other thing, okay, this is all very important. Mm-hmm. Helen, the whole, part of the whole reason she wants to go to Cabrini Green is because she discovers that her house, her mm-hmm. apartment, yes, her, was originally apartment built to, lives in, which condo. is like a swanky white people condo, mm-hmm. was built to 
be a housing project and that her uh like behind her medicine cabinet Mm -hmm. um it's also like you can hear there's no wall there it's Uh also hollow it was just like like drywalled over mm-hmm. um or like it just plastered over it's yeah just, it's literally just medicine cabinet to medicine cabinet oh yeah that's right it's just yeah. the back of the other medicine yeah, cabinet which is the other mess that's cabinet right and she can see into the next apartment right that's right because it's an empty apartment next mm-hmm. door um and so just to like taunt this whole thing because because helen refuses to take this seriously she like teases bernadette because mm-hmm. uh by saying the candy man's like, bernadette won't do it but uh-huh. helen says the candy man's name five times in the mirror yes uh which and, and nothing's supposed Supposedly nothing happens, mm-hmm. but then she looks at the film and she sees when a figure like, st- oh no, she doesn't know that yet. Okay, never mind. Yeah. So, so she gets the film. So she she's in the, the film. She's, she's in, in a parking garage. garage. She's walking to her car and everything kind of slows down for a second mm-hmm. and then silhouetted against this bright daylight. There is Tony Todd mm-hmm. as Candyman in this long, beautiful, Psych elegant. Is the, the Candyman's real. Yeah, this is the, beautiful, elegant yeah. coat. He looks fucking radical. Yeah, he looks in- amazing. It's like a floor length, like, like fur coat. It's mm-hmm. it's incredible. And Tony Todd is very tall. He's mm-hmm. a very tall actor. He's like like six five, six four, six five. Tall. Um, very tall actor. Um, he has such a majestic presence. Yes. Yeah. Oh, completely. Too, yeah. 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 Um, and Helen kind of goes into this hypnotic state. Where she is just drawn to him and he says, and he, he says like, Helen, I've come for you or something like that. Yeah, he's all pissed off. So the actual Candyman appears and he's mad because Helen told uh, this kid that the Candyman didn't exist. And mm-hmm. like all these people, she was like, oh, because Helen was like, the Candyman never existed. It was just this gang leader. And uh-huh. so uh, the Candyman, the actual Candyman appears and he's pretty pissed off about that because mm-hmm. he, he is in this um mythos which is there's other monsters or other like things i've seen work this way and i i really like this concept mm-hmm. uh is that he exists he like exists on belief mm-hmm. so like if 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 nobody believes in him uh-huh. he ceases to exist so, you know uh clap your hands if you believe in Candyman. yeah and um he'll be healed <laughs> yes exactly uh he uh yeah and he there's something to do with like He's also mad. He also seems mad because she summoned him into existence. And mm-hmm. he says something along the lines of, I prefer to exist as rumor, uh-huh. which like, same. That's a big fucking mood. Anyway, um, so he exists. Appears. And she, Helen he says all this cool, a trance. he says all this cool, scary shit. And then mm-hmm. she passes out. She passes out. Um, also, so in these scenes where um, Helen and where Virginia Madsen and Tony Todd are acting together, they actually put Virginia Madsen under hypnosis. Interesting. Like for real for the movie. And apparently it really unsettled her and she kind of had to ask them. She was like, I can't, I don't want to do anymore. Yeah, that sounds. Hypnosis, it was super weird. Yeah, that her. sounds super scary. Um, but she kind of goes into this like glassy eyed state in these scenes where she's with Candyman. Yeah. Um, so Helen blacks out. She wakes up covered in blood, just like on a bathroom in, floor. On a bathroom floor. Yeah. She's basically like sitting in a pool of blood. She gets up and she's in Anne Marie's apartment. There's blood everywhere. Anne Marie's dog has been decapitated. Yeah, she opens the bathroom door. She sees the dog's decapitated head laying on the ground. Because at Anne first Marie she is checks herself. For her baby. Yeah, yeah, at first. She's fine. Yeah. Helen is fine. Yeah, but at first she checks herself because she, yeah, she thinks it must be her blood and then mm-hmm. it's the dog's blood. She walks in, Anne Marie's screaming for her baby, and, Am- and uh, Helen. Helen's a dumbass and <laughs> she always wakes up and there's this happens twice in the movie she mm-hmm. wakes up in this horrifying scene there's a meat cleaver near the dog mm-hmm. Helen picks up the meat cleaver because she's a dumb shit but would you not 
I think I would maybe, but I would like, I wouldn't like, she just doesn't approach it well. And I I wouldn't brandish it. And I wouldn't just walk into the room. Like I would stealth and check around the corner first Mm -hmm. and maybe like put it down when I saw it was just Anne Marie by her. You know what I mean? Uh Like I wouldn't just bumble, but who knows? She was in shock. Like, like who knows what you're going to do in that situation. I like to think that I wouldn't just, I wouldn't be in the situation in the first place Mm -hmm. because I would listen to the uh, many uh, people of color who were like, please don't go in here and do this. I would say, mm-hmm. okay, I shan't. Good day to you. The end. The end. End of the movie. End of the movie. Candyman doesn't have to happen. That's the end of the movie Candyman starring Hannah. Yeah, is, hey, please don't do this. Okay. The end. Anyway, so Anne-Marie's baby Anthony is missing. Yeah. Um, there's blood everywhere. There's blood all over the baby's crib. Anne-Marie is understandably freaking out. She starts screaming at... Um, uh, I almost said Virginia, which the actress is yeah. Helen. Because out. Helen walks in Helen brandishing walks in a meat cleaver, meat cleaver covered in blood, and their, her dog's head like, is cut off, and yeah. she can only assume that the that white lady holding dead. the meat yeah. uh, cleaver cut her dog's head off and yeah. did something to her baby. And um, so Anne Marie is freaking out. They have a she attacks Helen. They have a struggle. Helen whacks Anne Marie in the shoulder with the meat cleaver. Yeah. The cops walk in. Yes. And arrest Helen. Yeah. Because obviously. Yes. <laughs> because very, uh, because to the cops, I, so they've, it's very obvious what happened here. Oh, yeah. And now the cops are pissed as fuck with Helen. Right. They're so pissed at her. Her marble pedestal, pedestal has just like crumbled underneath Because her. the cops assume that she framed a black man yes. for, her for her own serial injury. killing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because she's a psychotic white lady. Yep. Um, so they, yeah, they, her shitty husband comes and bails her out Mm -hmm. and she just, yeah, they bail her out. He, first she can't even get in touch with him. Right. Um, because he's too busy fucking the 19 year old. So he's not home message and he, you can, and the camera shows that he's not in bed. It's three in the morning and he's not home. He's with the 19 year old. Yeah. Um, he's like, so he comes, so in the morning he comes and gets her. Yeah. Um, she's had to like, there's this really intense like upsetting scene where she has to like strip down in front of this completely no nonsense police officer. Yeah. This, this person, this like uh lesbian, I think mm-hmm. who just doesn't give yeah. a, a goddamn shit about yeah. Helen and her suffering because like, they all think, please remove your brazier. Yeah. But at least the, the share. So there's this black sheriff and he at least gives Helen originally kind mm-hmm. of the benefit of the doubt. She's like, I was framed. Yeah. I was framed. I was framed. Like, Like, think about this. Like, I have no prior history of violence. Like, this doesn't Mm -hmm. make sense. Like, I didn't do this, blah, blah, blah. And she's, like, going to enter trial process. She, like, her husband at least, like, semi-believes her. Yeah, he, you know, he, and he says, you know, I'm going to stand beside you. Yeah. And then. And the sheriff, she's like, thank sheriff. Like, do you think I would do this? And he was like, no, it doesn't make any sense. So he's like. I don't. Does he say that? Reacting though. No, I think he's pretty. He's pretty much I thought, pissed at her. I thought he got super pissed off after guy. the second. We don't see him after the second. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. This, so he, I was mixing that up. Okay, yeah, so the de- the the black detective. That's right. It's yeah. Trevor and that other insufferable English man. Yes. who's there? That uh, insufferable English professor who had previously written a paper oh, on the yeah, Candyman. This guy's such a fucking chode. Yeah, <laughs> it's this chody dude, and he uh, is like all condescending to Helen because he's a mm-hmm. chody chode chody dude and he's just like oh you're writing about candy man you should read my paper that i wrote 10 years yeah. ago and he had written a he had written a paper about the like legend of the candy about basically the thing helen was studying of like the mm-hmm. legend of the candy man as like a, a the origins of the candy man and like uh how it devolved into urban myth or whatever uh-huh. um 
so yeah, so he and Trevor are the two people there. Trevor's the shitty husband. Yes. And they're like, we're going to stand behind, beside you. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And there's a, also, she has a defense attorney. He has a, he brought oh, yeah. a defense attorney. That's right. Um, you know, they're talking about the case, but the problem is that she does not, she cannot account for the time that she's lost. Yeah, she she's no complete amnesia. Yeah. Where she's been. Um, and, uh, and the last machine I thought. So, oh, yeah. So Trevor says, oh, I need to go get something from, from the school. I'll be back in 20 minutes. He fucks off. Yes, to go fuck the 19-year-old. Like, yeah. And is gone for, like, a long time. Like, the light changes. The sun starts setting. Yeah. And Candyman a- appears again. Yeah. And uh, he is attacking Helen. Um, he, yeah, he attacks Helen, and he keeps telling her, like, mm-hmm. I'm basically going to make your life a living hell. Like, yeah. he basically says, like, he, I will make you into my legend. Like mm-hmm. you will have no one except for me because I will make sure none of no one else like yeah. is like, will believe that you didn't do this or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, because he attacks her, he stabs her in the neck with the hook. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, bo- she, and meanwhile, Bernadette is knocking on the door mm-hmm. and she's trying and Helen is trying to say Bernadette, like, like run, get run, out, get out of but here. She can't scream because she, yeah, of the neck she's stabbing. Like, she's losing consciousness. From yeah, blood loss. Yeah, yeah, and possibly like her. I and think like it might have punched. Hypnotized. Too. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it might. It it sounded like she was kind of wheezing, like it hit her mm-hmm. windpipe, maybe or something. Too. I don't think so because okay. later on she's screaming bloody murder in the hospital. But anyway, we'll cut to that. That's true. Uh, so Bernadette comes in and is and. Uh, Candyman and, gets her. Yeah. And she gets Helen, got. Yeah, she gets got. Uh, Helen loses consciousness. She wakes up. Her husband has come home and found Bernadette brutally murdered. Her husband now thinks that she's insane. Right. Because she 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 wakes up before the husband gets home. And again, there's a knife near her. And again, she, she picks, picks up it up because she's a dumb shit idiot. And so when it's every time they come in and find her, she's standing over a black person in a pool of blood mm-hmm. uh, with a blade that she picked up off the floor because she's uh-huh. a dumb shit idiot so yeah he's now like oh no you totally ki-. like it looks yeah. very obviously like she killed her best friend so mm-hmm. she's like no you're a psychopath and then she wakes up screaming in the hospital but it's like a month later right well so she's admitted to a psychiatric hospital and Candyman appears to her again and she starts freaking out the doctor is she's yelling he's under the bed he's under the bed and the doctors come in and sedate her yeah um, and then she wakes up and a month has passed. Yeah, it, it flashes to a month later and then she goes to him like meet with her like caseworker who's basically like, yeah, you've we've been sedating you for the past month. And so that's mm-hmm. why you can't remember anything. And she's like, excuse me, a month? And then they're like, he's like, did he come to you? And she he shows her footage of the day she was screaming when the when we saw that the candy man was there. Uh-huh. And he shows her camera footage and there's nothing, there's nothing in there. the room. And she's like, I don't I don't understand. And she says, like, let me prove it to you. And she turns her head and there's a mirror facing her. And she says Candyman five times yeah. and summons him. Because originally the caseworker called her in to say that they were working on her trial defense as a uh, plea of guilty but not reasonable yeah. insanity. It, well, it's his job or to not determine whether reason. she's um, She's, she's fit to stand trial. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so he's trying to, yeah, he's trying to see yeah. whether she's fit to whether stand trial. Whether she understands right. what's happening. Yeah, yeah. Um, but she's, she summons Candyman and he mm-hmm. comes and the psychiatrist gets got. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Candyman lets her out. She's strapped to a wheelchair. He lets her out. Yeah, he opens and a window. and awesome shot where he just like swoops backwards. It's cool. It's fucking it's radical cool. wire work. It's the great. The Candyman is such a cool villain. Yeah, he's, he's just, very cool. Oh, man. 
He just like drips cool. Yeah. Um, so she sneaks out of the hospital. She steals a nurse's clothes. She runs out of the hospital and she goes home to find ba 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 Trevor cohabitating with the nineteen year old uh, that and he is now. Her apartment pink. Yeah. That well, the night. Yeah. Which the, I think is the scariest part of this movie. Right. <laughs> uh, he Trevor has now left her in the psych ward mm-hmm. and abandoned her so that he can. Uh, move in to have the 19 year old move in Mm -hmm. and uh, continue to fuck the 19 year old. Um, She's not happy about it. And she like, they're both about to like call the hospital. Like both of them, the 19 year old and Trevor are both visibly very frightened of Helen. Mm -hmm. Like they both genuinely believe her to be like a psychotic serial killer. Yeah. Um, So she leaves. um, Where does she go next? She goes. So she's kind of standing on a bridge. That's right. Shivering from the cold. And eventually she ends up, I think she just goes back. She goes back to the building at Cabrini Green. That's right. Because she goes back to, um, they call it the cathedral. So she crawls through the, um, the same apartment, uh, medicine cabinet into the, um, area where the mural, the big Candyman mural is. Yes. And she climbs up into the rafters and there's this like church, like, uh, decaying space where there's just like broken beams and chunks of concrete and yeah. dirt and graffiti and everything totally. and honey there is honey dripping everywhere oh that's what that was i mm-hmm. see i get that now yeah. because of the bees yes yeah yeah okay um and there's also this like shrine to Candyman. basically there's this like sh- this like uh yeah, it's an actual shrine, and there's this big, mm-hmm. like, there are these murals on the wall of the the, sto- the Candyman. So the Candyman was the son of a slave who, like, was prosperous, and then he slept with a white lady, and he got lynched for it, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's these murals of, like, and they cut off his hand, and that's mm-hmm. how he is. They cut off his hand, and then he was stung to death by bees. Yes, which is horrifying. Yeah. Um. So there's murals of that on the wall. Mm-hmm. And the Candyman's there. Yeah. Because that's like where... The, the Church of the Congregation of Candyman. Yeah. That's where... Because we keep... We, the audience, keep seeing the camera flashes so that we we know that baby Anthony is in the Candyman's mm-hmm. lair. Yeah. because and he's been there for a whole month now. Yeah. And the Candyman has been feeding him honey. Yes. To keep him alive. Which, like... I don't know if that works, but... That, it doesn't. But there's also... There's magic involved. Yeah. I don't know if that works, you know? but... All, yeah. Again, magic... <laughs> also, like... like Candyman's a supernatural entity. So yeah, like there's a, a magic enti- mythical monster entity, in this in this entity. film as well. Yes, entity, entity, entity. So he's there. Um, so he's there. Um, Helen basically says, "Like I surrender. Please don't hurt the right. baby." Oh, because That's, the Candyman kept trying to offer he's her this threatening. Um, to kill the baby yeah. if she doesn't surrender herself to him. Yeah, he wants her so he can she can like be his eternal queen or whatever. Yeah, no, so he wants her because he he needs to prove his existence. He needs people to believe in him again, so he has to do something that's basically impossible to make people believe in him. Yes, totally. Um yeah, so he keeps saying like give me you and I'll I'll let the baby go. Mm-hmm. So we keep seeing the baby. Yeah. So um, she tries to stab him with something. And nothing and nothing happens. He's yeah. not injured by it. Yeah. He kind she kind of surrenders in that moment and he carries her to this altar. And then there's this incredible scene where he opens his jacket comes open and he's he has an exposed rib cage and inside his body is a hive of bees. Yeah, it's wild. And then she goes he goes to like kiss her or uh-huh. like put his 
mouth over her mm-hmm. in some capacity yeah. and, and his mouth is just o- yeah he's full of, bees. full of bees uh and all these bees land all over her face yeah um it's this really cool like surreal scene yeah where she's just like f- like screaming and mm-hmm. fighting against all these bees uh-huh she doesn't kill anybody else does she it's just those two no, just okay those, yeah. that's right because mm-hmm. then she how does so, she get in the bonfire so then so she Everything happens really fast at the end of the she movie. She wakes up, you know, freaking out, brushing, and there's there's no bees. She mm-hmm. wakes up, she's fine. She's in the cathedral. She sits up, and there's all these candles, and on the wall, someone has painted, it was always you, Helen. Yeah. And then she hears the baby crying, I think. That's she right. she realizes the baby is, that Candyman has put the baby into the base uh, where they've been preparing for a bonfire. Yeah. Um, it's this gigantic pile of trash essentially yeah. that like it's established earlier in the movie it's Chekhov's gigantic pile of trash because <laughs> Jake's like oh we're basically building a bonfire it has something yeah. to do with Candyman like we're building yeah. a bonfire mm-hmm. for the Candyman basically right. yeah is what he says um and then it turns out so, so the baby's in there uh she goes to get the baby and she has a, a meat hook that she's picked up from Candyman's lair yeah Jake wakes up and he sees the meat hook disappearing into the bonfire and he says the Candyman's out there it's time and he wakes everyone up and so while Helen is climbing through this pile of trash trying to find the baby because she can hear baby Anthony crying yeah but she, he's um, at the like very the center under yeah, mattresses and the shit. whole neighborhood is coming out with torches yeah like, like everybody in Cabrini Green uh, mm-hmm. is pouring gasoline over yeah. this thing and lights it mm-hmm. while she's still inside um she gets the baby yeah the candy man comes candy yeah candy she, man tries to stop her from getting yeah. away but she is smart and she knows his weakness now mm-hmm. and that it's the ribcage full of bees mm-hmm. and so she takes a flaming log basically and stabs it into him and he like gets stuck in mm-hmm. the fire it, like that seems to act the fire seems to actually hurt him uh-huh. which i think is so interesting that that seems to be such a unifying I would love to talk about this more because that seems to be such a unifying thing in many different like monster myths and horror things. That Except that there are two more Candyman movies. So, well, yeah, obvious. <laughs> well, yeah, but there's always sequels, Wendy. There's always sequels to everything, even if the monster definitely dies in the first one. Like, that's always true. Yeah. I'm so. just saying that it's such a unif- it seems to be such a unifying theme among horror monsters in general that like mm-hmm. fire is the thing that hurts them. Like fire seems to be the thing that hurts a lot of mm-hmm. it, monsters it, fire, when, I mean, when nothing fire else will. Hurts. It hurts it's, a lot. <laughs> that's true, Wendy. My point is, for most living creatures, so do knives and swords and guns. Right. That's what I'm okay. saying, is okay. that if you Fine. shoot a person, it hurts them. No matter who that person is, mm-hmm. if you shoot a, a, a person's flesh, it hurts them and possibly mm-hmm. kills them. But many, many monsters, if you shoot them, it does nothing. Mm-hmm. However, if you burn them, it still does something. So uh-huh. fire seems to fire the great destroyer, fire the great, great cleanser of all. Hannah's doing a big arms thing. Yes. Uh, is is this real? It's just very interesting. It's so, it's such heavy handed, like romantic elemental mm-hmm. symbology, but it's, uh-huh. it's. So anyway, the fire yeah. hurts the anyway, candy man. So, um, and Helen is desperately trying to climb out. She's got baby Anthony. She's crawling for the exit. But, you know, be heavy, like, wood, like wooden beams that are burning keep falling on her. Yeah. Her hair catches fire. She oh, crawls yeah. all the way out. And you don't, yeah, you don't know if she's going to make it because she, like, she's getting visibly mm-hmm. burned and crushed. Yeah, like, you do. very badly This burned. is probably the most, like, 
visceral real violence you see in the movie mm-hmm. is her getting like scree like w- watching her like scream as mm-hmm. though a, as as a person getting burning you know what i mean like mm-hmm. watching her flesh get burned off is uh-huh. pretty is pretty brutal yeah the smell you would have been pretty really brutal you see a whole lot of it though you, you see, see it when she the, she yeah. you see it when she comes out you see yeah. her very very oh, yeah. burned and her her back is burned like the a guy you know and people are just like oh my god and Anne marie is just like oh my god that's my baby baby anthony is unhurt he's baby fine anthony is fine she yeah. she saved him Helen dies. Yeah. She succumbs to her, but yeah, like all of her hair is burnt. She's fucked up when she, she comes yeah. out of the fire. She's, yeah. Um, and the Candyman appears to, you think at mm-hmm. least, that he like, yeah, and is there's incinerated. A, like, a giant, there's sort of a, an explosion where this, there's this big spray of like burning bees. Yes. That's right. Oh, it's fucking yeah, radical. It's yeah. Really cool. A bunch of bees explode out of the fire. It's metal as fuck. Yeah. It rules. It's a volcano of burning bees. It's the, it's the best. And uh, then we and flash to Helen's funeral. Yeah. Or no, we flash to Helen's funeral. Yeah. We yeah. flash to Helen's funeral. Um, It's just her husband and Stacy, the 19 year old. Oh yeah. And, and the fat prof- the, the chode professor, the right? Professor, and I think maybe Bernadette's husband or boyfriend is there, um, but we don't mm. ever see him talk in this movie. Yeah, I um, think it because the way the priest speaks, it's they are all still certain that oh, Helen yeah. did what she yeah, did. Basically, uh, yeah, they, they're all definitely convinced that she was like a psycho murderer. Yeah, um, but then you see this like there, you hear this this rocket, you know, this rustling, mm-hmm. and the camera pans, and the resident all the residents of Cabrini Green in this like long line uh-huh. are like m- marching like, up march, to her like, funeral. This very, this very like ceremonial like procession. Yeah, totally. Um, and Jake has Candyman's hook. Yeah, Jake and Anne Marie with maybe Anthony are in the front. Mm-hmm. And Jake has Candyman's hook, and they walk. They just they don't say anything. Mm-hmm. They walk they, up to the grave and they throw the hook in, mm-hmm. and then they turn around and leave, uh-huh. and they say nothing. Yep, and that's their way of like honoring Helen, I yeah. guess. Yeah, is like she killed the Candyman. She gets like, his yeah, his hook. Killed the Candyman, and you saved the the baby. Mm. And it's also it's 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 a physical confirmation that like the Candyman did exist. Yes. like it's physical proof that. It's the exact same hook that he had. Um, and then you flash to Trevor in his apartment mm-hmm. with his shitty 19-year-old yep. girlfriend. Yeah, and they're not, they're obviously not getting along. They're not having a very good relationship. Because he's Big like surprise. a 50-year-old professor. No, they're not that old. They're like grads, they're like, yeah, they're probably like in their mid-20s. No, they're, Tre- he's Trevor? older. He's a professor, isn't no, he? No, he's a grad student. I didn't think so. No, I thought they're both he was grad a, students. He's okay. a grad student who teaches classes, which hmm. is a common okay. thing. So he he's probably like thirty ish. Oh, like okay. He and Helen are like thirty. Gotcha. Okay. Um, they're, yeah. Anyway, he, he's with a nineteen year old, and they're having a miserable time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're having a bad time, um, and he is just like moping in the bathroom and he starts yeah. looking in the mirror and getting like kind of choked up and meanwhile this is this is actually funny meanwhile the 19 year old is angrily like <laughs> cutting steak like you see her it is i mean it's it's pointed that you see her in the kitchen with a knife angrily cut like she's pissed at him mm-hmm. because she's like i want to make us a nice dinner and he's he literally says whatever because he's a mm-hmm. child yeah and so she gets all mad and she goes in the kitchen and she really angrily starts like like tender you actually it's actually now i see very pointed that you watch her like tenderize this meat and start mm-hmm. to cut it uh-huh. um well he's in the bathroom moping yeah and she's angrily preparing meat in the kitchen yeah and so trevor looks in the mirror the bathroom mirror and he's 
obviously feeling like enormous like guilt along with like grief and he's like there's all these flashbacks of helen and like how it's kind of heavy-handed because there's flashbacks of helen making him a nice dinner and being excited when he came home mm -hmm. as opposed to his point that the 19 year old who's all pissy about him not like wanting to make dinner yeah. It's just funny. That's the one part of the movie where that was like kind of funny to me where mm-hmm. it got a little like, okay. Um, so, so he starts saying Helen's name in the mirror. In the mirror. He, and he says, says it, it five, five times. times. And Helen's ghost appears behind her. Her like, revenant spirit. Her, yeah, her spirit. And she's, you know, with this bald head covered in scars. Yeah, she looks at like she did when she crawled yeah. out of the fire and yeah. she's holding the candy man's hook she, and she kills the shit out of Trevor with it. She mm-hmm. she so hook murders Trevor, which the way that the candy man kills and the way that Helen kills Trevor, which is very satisfying, is he puts their his hook in their crotch and he mm-hmm. drags it from crotch to like throat basically mm-hmm. and that's how the candy man rips people open yeah. so helen does that to trevor and stacy stacy like hears a ruckus and stacy mm-hmm. comes in and sees trevor super murdered in the bathroom and she's still holding a knife because she was cooking dinner and she mm-hmm. walks into the bathroom and sees trevor and starts screaming and like and collapses against the wall and that's the end of, and you know that somebody's about to call the cops on her and the mm-hmm. cycle continues and that's the end of the movie mm-hmm. no one would believe helen and so now helen's revenant spirit will make sure no one believes Stacy. Mm-hmm. Stacy didn't really do anything wrong. No, She's a homewrecker. A married guy. Yeah, which is mm-hmm. kind of a bummer. Yeah. But like I've I've been the other woman. Like someone has cheated on somebody with me, so I'm not mm-hmm. out here to throw stones from glass houses. <laughs> the, per- the other person was not married and they were in fact in kind of an on again, off again relationship. So it's different. Mm-hmm. But I'm still not throwing stones from glass houses. But uh, Stacy does the least basic. I, yeah. Uh, st- other than the people in Cabrini Green, Stacy's the only white person in this movie who's not a complete and total dipshit. Yeah. She just kind of was young and got yeah, pulled into dumb. this. Yeah. yeah, young, dumb. And pulled into this, yeah. Sort of her biggest mess. crime, I think, was she painted that apartment pink. Yeah, and it was not Which like is a cr- pretty it was bad. The, let's okay, be real. so yes, because first, paint your apartment pink. Whatever, every wall was pink, and it was like Pepto Bismol pink. It was really bad. It wasn't like a pink accent wall. It, it was, was really, like really bad. floor to ceiling Pepto Bismol with like mm-hmm. white trim. It was disgusting. It looks like a doll's house. It's so bad. Mm-hmm. Um. Also, I meant to say a yeah. dollhouse, but I said a doll's house, which is the um, fucking Strindberg. Not Strindberg. Who's the other one? Ibsen. Ibsen play. Sorry, Kai's in the room, and I had to look to them for confirmation. That's the end of Candyman. That's so. Th- yeah, so that's the movie. <laughs> um, it was really, really good. So as you can see, a white lady experiences the the summary of Candyman is a white lady experiences the horrifying consequences of her meddlesome actions actions. (laughs) a white lady meddles and dies she and many other people die because of it which is also a a solid history of like British expansionism (laughs) a white person meddles they and many other people die because of it anyway anyway um, so this is Tony Todd's favorite role. Cool. I mean, I would be too. And he said, uh, what he took this film because he said, he, he said, I've always wanted to find my own phantom of the opera. Ooh. And I think that's the perfect comparison. That is the perfect this, comparison. Like, sort of like tragic, seductive villain. 
So uh, cool. It is. Yeah, it's completely. It's like if Phantom of the Opera had a genuinely interesting backstory. If mm-hmm. if the Phantom of the Opera, uh, like the Phantom of the Opera has genuine suffering. But like if the Phantom of the Opera was interesting, that's mm-hmm. Candyman. Yeah. With um, better music. Although I kind of would love to see a, a, a musical. Like the Phantom of the Opera, but it's uh-huh, Candyman and it's, it's a horror mu- musical. I think that would actually be kind of fucking radical. I would see that. Kai is giving me a, a solid thumbs up about that. Uh, a gay little thumbs up. Uh, I would say that. I would produce that. That would be rad. Yeah. Anyway, so it is, it's Tony Todd's favorite role of yeah. his own. Um, cool. He, um, He's such a fun role to play. Uh, just getting into some more general trivia. Um, so the bees used in the scene uh, with Virginia Madsen, where Candyman puts the bees on Helen's face. Um, they had they. So Virginia Madsen was is allergic to bee stings. Oh no! So they oh, had dear. to use baby bees, oh. specially bred for the scene that were only a day old because baby bees are less likely to sting. Wow. So that's so scary. So her terror was probably very genuine because she was mm-hmm. a person who is allergic to bees covered in it with a covered face. In bees. Somebody with an yeah. EpiPen was probably standing like, like ready to sprint. I don't know if EpiPens had been invented Oh, maybe. Yet. Yeah. Hmm. I don't well, somebody, know EpiPens were invented. Somebody, an, um, hopefully somebody with some sort of medical training was mm-hmm. standing immediately off camera <laughs> or somebody um, had 911 like ready to rock. They, certainly did. They did. But she didn't get stung. Um, Tony Todd did get stung a few times. Um, actually, like his agent suggests that he not do it because of the bees. Um, but he was really into the movie and really wanted to do it. So his agent negotiated a thousand dollar bonus for every time he was stung by a bee during the filming of the Candyman series. And he that's was incredible. Stung. And I don't know if this is over the course of just this one movie or if it was um, or if this includes the two sequels. But he got a thousand dollars for every bee sting and was stung like 23 times. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's great. I would be out there like painting myself with honey in that capacity. <laughs> I'd be out there trying to piss off make, some bees. Does that make bees mad? Is that what makes bees sting you? I don't no. Know. Although that's what they do to the in the origin story to Candyman. Is yeah, yeah, they that is what they do. Honey and then he gets stung. And then he gets stung. I don't know. I don't think that's how honey works or bees work. I don't know. I think this movie has some problems with the sort of bee logistics, like the sort of bee continuity <laughs> continuity. Continuity. We bee? need a bee scientist to weigh in on this. We need if a biologist. A, if you're a bee scientist, email us. Or beekeeper. My friend Taylor keeps bees now. Maybe she knows. No exit podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> tell us um, about bees. <laughs> yeah, tell us about some bees. Teach us some things. So I would like to introduce a couple new segments. Great. Um, my first segment is called Knee Jerk Nation. And this okay. is the segment where I talk about people's Dumb initial reactions to things. That sounds so, um, that's so good. So Welcome to Knee Jerk Nation. <laughs> so, um, a bunch of scholars criticized Clive Barker for, they say, stealing a black urban legend. <laughs> Which is funny because... Because this wasn't a, a real urban legend. Clive Barker wrote it, and it wasn't even originally a black American story. This was originally set in the UK, and it was about class. Yeah. And Candyman was actually described as having yellow skin and a red beard. Ooh, interesting. In Ooh, the, that's in the scary. Story. Like a um, jaundiced leprechaun. Yeah. Gross. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, so he made up a story, and then story later, and a black director was like... Well, it was a white director. White director. So this oh, was a white, a, a, a white British director. Okay. They, they decided to make the movie before he decided to set it in black urban America. Gotcha. He, the director happened to be in Chicago and started to become familiar with this, um, this uh, housing project area. And he said, this would be perfect for Candyman. And so they regionalized um, the story to Chicago, um, had to make a couple changes. So it switches from being about class to being about race. Um, which and in America is also was originally going to play Bernadette because in the story Bernadette was white, but they decided to, that it would be better if Bernadette was black. Interesting, yeah. Um, so um, to diversify the cast a little bit and have like kind of a voice of reason for Helen, so she ended up being cast as Helen instead. Um, um, another few changes, which is good because she so, was fantastic. Yeah, and they film they filmed in the real Cabrini Green, which doesn't exist anymore. So this is kind of a, it was torn down. I, I can't remember when, but it's not there anymore. Um, and in order to make it safe to film in Cabrini Green, they had to bribe gang members by make, promising them to be extras. Cool. So like, and that was the way that they could keep their cast and crew safe for the couple of days that they were filming totally. like, in the project. They're just like, hey, because it turns out if you ask most people, hey, do you want to be in a movie? They'll say, mm-hmm. yeah, totally. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> rad. Um, so that's... Uh, so... The reason the bonfire is there because it was a Guy Fox Day bonfire. Oh, and they didn't cool. really figure out how to make that work in an American setting. So they're yeah. just like, oh, it's for the bonfire. Yeah, yeah, that makes oh, a lot okay. more sense. Just like you're having a bonfire, and Jake's just like, yeah, it's for the the festivities or whatever oh, the, it is. It's a, it's it had something to do with the getaway, and it's kind of you kind of don't question it because like what? Yeah, sure, why not? Like mm-hmm. a gigantic trash fire happens in a lot of like like poor areas so Uh like yeah yeah it's like if your neighborhood doesn't have good like municipal trash service like what are you gonna do with all your shit you burn it yeah yeah so yeah so it it didn't it it seemed it didn't it didn't seem out of place and Mm -hmm. also like i believed and i trusted the movie enough that like i don't know it's for the candy man was a fine explanation Uh for me (laughs) i was like okay yeah sure he's got a bonfire that's fine all right yeah sure um so moving on to my next new segment um which is uh, now that's what I call gothic. Cool. <laughs> which is a segment in which I make an argument that this is a gothic story. I agree. Um, so that we have a young ingenue in an unfamiliar environment. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a huge decaying building. So there, there's urban decay. There's moral decay. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just a lot of general decay, decay yeah. going around. Sure. Um, the main character's husband is keeping secrets from her. Uh-huh. Um, the locals have secrets and don't want to tell her this whole story because no, it's not her damn business. Right. Um, we have a tragic, seductive villain and we have supernatural activity. I think that makes this a gothic. I completely agree. And the monster is killed with fire. Originally, it was an exceedingly gothic story because oh, yes. it also took place, I assume, in, in the English. Yeah, in England somewhere. Yeah, in in some sort of misty English environment. And it is a very gothic setting, the whole movie. The sun doesn't really come out mm-hmm. the whole movie. Yeah. It's super cloudy Although, the it's, whole it's, time. It's cloudy, but most of the scares happen when it's very bright outside. That's true. Yeah, they seem um, to make a point to fil- film all the outdoor shots when it's bright, but it's it's mm-hmm, gray cloudy. outside. Yeah. Like when it's, yeah, there's mm-hmm. not. there's bl- there, Blue sky isn't in this movie. It's not a brightly yes. colored movie, which which I think it's oh, yeah, really. it is set in Chicago. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. Um, which I would argue is Not a fairly known gothic for- <laughs> sit- setting. It does. If the sun never shines, it's a gothic setting. Okay, 
All right. That's what I think. That's why there's okay, so good. much Pacific Northwest Gothic mm-hmm. Americana. Yes. This, anyway, what was the segment called? So now that's what I call Gothic. Now that's what I call. Now, uh, what's the jingle for that one? I just wanted to say, and now that's what I call Gothic. Like they used to say it on the, that's now that's what mm-hmm. I call music infomercials. Mm-hmm. That sounds too much like the intro to the other segment. So I'll mm-hmm. think about it. I'll workshop it. Okay. I believe in you. Who's the hottest, Wendy? Oh, Tony Todd. Mm, yeah. Yeah, 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 His acting is so good. He's he's his voice is so soothing and hypnotic in this movie. Face is chiseled out of marble, Mm -hmm. and he's his just his acting is very good in Mm -hmm. this role. Completely Um, in a role that doesn't necessarily that you wouldn't think necessarily requires good acting is enhanced so much by good acting. Completely, I completely agree. Um, I think this could have been a was very different, um, a very different movie. Completely, yeah. It 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 keeps the tone like grim and serious the whole time, and it never allows it to get like cartoonish or silly. Yeah. Um, when it could easily become a very cartoonish yeah. and silly thing. There's a scene where can where like Candyman's hook just like busts through the medicine cabinet and swipes at Helen. Yeah. And which apparently, and I don't know if this is true, but I heard a rumor that they surprised Virginia Madsen with that, and she did not know that was going to happen. I love it when they do shit and like that in horror movies. Like freaked out, yeah, 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 to get get uh, a genuine reaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, um, Anne Marie was very pretty as well. She was very pretty. I don't know what else that actress has been in. Mm. Um, the actress who played Bernadette did go on to direct um, a movie called Eve's Bayou, which I haven't seen, but it's, cool. another, it's another black horror film. Cool. And it's kind of one of those, like, is it horror Is it a, or is it just like a really tense drama? Yeah. But I don't know that much about it. Um, so I will have to watch it and then it back. <laughs> Great. Do some investigative journalism. Yeah. Um, some ethical who, investigative journalism. One. Who did you think was the worst actor? All the acting was really good in this. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably Trevor. I think Trevor was by far the worst actor for me. Uh, Stephanie, I actually thought was pretty good. Uh, Stacy. Stacy, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I thought was pretty <laughs> some good. Some white lady name. Some white lady name. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought she was Just pretty good, especially when... Like petulant child. Yeah. Character. Well, when, when Helen comes into the cou- the, the apartment mm-hmm. and Stephanie turns... Stephanie? Stacy. Damn it. <laughs> turns around. She's like painting and she turns around and she sees Helen and she just... It's... it's very realistic to me because she does she just immediately starts like weeping with fear uh-huh. like she doesn't even start screaming she just kind of like crumples mm. and weeps yeah, when she sees helen like, she's like so fucking scared mm-hmm. um but yeah I, I didn't care for trevor i also yeah. didn't like that character but i thought i also yeah. didn't think he was the worst actor mm-hmm. did you i think it's a type between him and the skeezy long-haired like the snooty professor. Oh yeah, he sucked. Guy. Yeah, yeah. But it's yeah. also like it's like, are they acting poorly or are they acting well as shitty characters? Completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think to be who are shitty people. Yes, I think it equates to the same thing because I think either way it's effective. Like I think either way it mm-hmm. seems like a, a choice, um, and I, I agree with it. Mm-hmm. I agree to like, yeah, have like bumbling white idiots play mm-hmm. bumbling white idiots. Yeah. I think. I guess I could. I would say Trevor because I think like his performance could have had more nuance. I agree. Yeah. The, the Chody like, professors, to everybody else. Yeah. Chody professors seemed uh, more like he was playing a character on purpose and mm-hmm. Trevor seemed more like he was just not acting yeah. very well. Uh huh. I didn't really, but, but uh, in general, you know, 
the acting was very good. And yeah. He, he wasn't a bad actor. It's just that we have very, very good acting to, to compare, compare him to. Yeah. He, I will say that the bar this, was high in this film. Yeah. Sure. His so, Trevor's solo scene at the end, uh, made me solidify it to me that he mm-hmm. is not a very good actor. Cause it yeah. was just not, I didn't quite buy. Yeah. When I, he was on screen by himself for like, mm-hmm. you know, four yeah, minutes or whatever. In the mirror. Yeah, yeah. I didn't quite buy it. Um, yeah, I, know, I think I agree. I know what you mean. There yeah. is no question at all on who is the best actor. It is obviously one take Jake Dewan guy. Yes, absolutely. Everyone, one everyone's of the really best good. child actors I've seen in anything. Yeah, really. he's so good. Uh, he's so good. Uh, Virginia Madsen's really good. She was good. Tony Todd was Tony Todd friend. was fantastic. I love Tony Todd. He's on Star Trek. He oh, cool. Played, um, he played Worf's brother, Kern. Oh, cool. In a, in a handful of episodes of Star Trek. Cool. Um, it's the only other thing I've really seen him in. Cool. <laughs> but um, the- yeah, but he's amazing as the candy man. Yes. Uh, what was your biggest spook, Wendy? Ooh, I think that. Well, that's a really good question. I think my favorite spook is uh, Helen's ap- surprise appearance at the end. The end of the that's that's how you end a fucking movie. Yeah, completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, was yeah. such a. The ending is so good. Um, and it's so, and she looks so like ferocious. She does, yeah, and righteous, and like just terrifying. Yeah, yeah. she looks she's terrifying. She, she's awesome. Yeah, she looks so cool. Um, I think that's my favorite spook. I think I'm trying to think if that is my biggest spook or not. Though I'll have to think about it for a sec. What's your biggest spook? Um, it. It, again, it didn't like actively scare me, but when Helen wakes up and sees the dog's head cut off and Amory's just screaming, it's 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 less of a spook. And that was my biggest moment That's- of dread and mm-hmm. fear because I knew exactly what was going uh-huh. to happen next, and I did not want to watch it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think oh, is a I know f- what my biggest form of scare. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the, the moment dread, to me where I was like dreading what's coming. Next. Yeah, I was like, no, 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 during that part. Uh huh. Because um, I knew it was happening and I knew it was going to, it, it was horrifying. Mm-hmm. That reminds me of something that, uh, the year that the movie Goodnight Mommy came out, which is a more recent um, Austrian horror movie, it's really brutal. Um, and uh, Michael Montour, who's formerly uh, on Don't Read the Latin, he rated it his top movie that year. And he said, because the whole time he had the feeling, like he kept thinking, someone please stop this from happening. Good Lord. Yeah. And that, I think that's kind of the feeling that you're talking about. Yeah. Like, like please something, something yeah. stop this from happening. Yeah, completely. Like, I can see what's coming. And I, and I so desperately want someone to intervene. Yeah. Which was the same when Bernadette was about to walk into yeah, the apartment too. too. Uh, mm-hmm. It was a le- because I was already like, it was already built up, but because with the dog and everything, that was the mm-hmm. first time it happened. That to me was my, my like scariest moment because uh-huh. that was like the intro to what the candy man is like going to do mm-hmm. to Helen. I think that my biggest spook is um, Helen in the psychiatric hospital. Oh, yeah. Yeah, being strapped down and sedated. Yeah, yeah. While the Candyman, like, hovers mm-hmm. above her and, like, no one can see him and it's yeah. a whole thing. Yeah, that is... Yeah, that's more, like, existentially horrifying, mm-hmm. I think. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a really good movie. It's a really mm-hmm. it's scary movie, but not in, like, a jump scare kind of way. In yeah. like a Yeah, it's there's no cheap scares in this no. movie. Everything that happens matters. Yeah, and it's all, it happens through, like, 
building dread. Like it Mm -hmm. happens through like, you know exactly how this is going to go down Mm -hmm. and you're about to watch it happen. Yes. And you're going to, and you'll thank me for it basically. Mm -hmm. Like it's a very, 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 very good movie. Mm -hmm. It's, it does what I think now that I've seen a number of horror movies, I can tell you that this is a very good one and it does what horror movies ought to do to me. I agree. Well, great. Yeah. So, um, so that was the movie Candyman. Yeah. Um, we've been making a couple changes to the setup of our show. Let us know if you're enjoying it or not. Um, and let's and uh, wrap let's this bad boy wrap up. This bad boy right on up. Thanks for listening. You can find us on the social media on Instagram and Facebook at No Exit Podcast. You can email us at No Exit Podcast at gmail.com. I have been your host, Hannah Hill. Uh, I've been your host, Wendy Warzone. There she is. And you should listen to the other shows on the Stick Poke Prod Network, including If It's Gaby Play, a show that is slowly stumbling back after a long depression hiatus, uh, much like our own show. Mm-hmm. And uh, By the Grace of Pod, Hot, whose future is somewhat uncertain because Aaron moved to Austin, but I believe is planning to continue in some form or another. So um, check us out. Thanks for your support and thanks for listening and thanks for rating and reviewing and subscribing. Thank you in advance for doing that because you should. Thanks to travel kit for a theme song. You can find them on the internet at travel underscore kit underscore music. What else? Mm-hmm. Um, don't forget to email us your real life spooky stories. Yes. We also um, are always taking movie recommendations and we'd love to hear your thoughts on the movies we've watched so far. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you watched them because you heard us talk about it. Yeah. Um, Hannah. Yes. Wendy. Do you have any advice to close the show with? Mind. Remember kids, especially white people like myself, mind your own goddamn business <laughs> and don't turn out the lights. Goodbye. Goodbye.